Okay. Um, three, two, one. What's Jabe? <laughs> What's Jabe and Jables? You guys been watching that? What? You guys been watching Jack Black's YouTube channel? Mm-hmm. Oh my it's god, dude! Jablinski games. Jablinski games. The whole thing he started. He started, and he's like, "I'm gonna. It's gonna be a gaming channel. We're gonna do some games." And he, he announced it like eight or nine weeks ago. And every episode he starts off with, "There's not gonna be any gaming today," but uh, and he just goes on and does some random chores or something. The other day he went. And ate a burger, and then went fly and flew a kite in a park and ran around and he getting fit for, getting fit for Jumanji. It's hilarious. Like he hasn't done a single gaming video, and literally every one of them was like, "Sorry, no gaming video for this week." The Delgado. The Del- yeah. Week. He calls it. He calls his his gaming rig the Delgado, but he hasn't. He's like, haven't quite pinned down the Delgado yet, but when we do, so uh, here, there's a free plug for Jack Black right there. If you haven't, go check out Jablinski Games on uh, YouTube. Tenacious D is going to be at Starlight in July. Oh, is are they? Yeah. Oh, you know what? They, I saw an ad pop up on my Instagram feed about that. So that's actually uh, that should be that would be a fun little little gig. I think my boy, so, my boy Nick and I are probably going to go to that. That's pretty really cool. See Jack Black live in concert. Yeah. All right. Anyways. In today's episode, we have two reviews. Tim and Tanner cover Captain Marvel, and Chuck and I cover Fighting With My Family. We then take a look at the news and break down everything you need to know going on in the world of movies. Then, we have a special announcement to cap off the episode. It's time to dive in. This is Cinemaxic. Hello and uh, welcome back to another fantastic episode of Cinemaxic. I am your well-hydrated host, Max Fozzi, uh, Max Leadum, drinking my Fiji straight-from-the-source natural artisan water um, that I'm pretty psyched about. I'm going to be well-hydrated throughout this episode. Um, to my right, my compadre Tim Reichmuth is back in the chair, as always. Tim, welcome to the show. Hola, mi amigo. Tanner is also back, sitting diagonal from me, uh, as always, in his chair as well. This time, moved over to the corner, and uh, it seems like he's pretty comfortable. How do you how do you like that, Tanner? Pretty comfortable. Got some manga? <laughs> Got some manga on your phone? No. There? Little, little manga? Scrolling okay. through Instagram. Hente? Looking at that as those anime titties. No! <laughs> oh, God. And back it's again. Just there. <laughs> For more cinematic goodness, damn is, Tanner, don't is, do it during the podcast. The is my up. brother? <laughs> Jesus, could you two get it together? We have a show to run. I swear to God, let me live my we life. We have my brother Chuck, Charlie Leadum back again for more cinematic uh, action. Coming in off the bench as always when he when he feels like it, because it's not really a bench. It's just Charlie plays when he wants to play. And that is something I think we all can admire. Chuck, welcome back to the pod. Yes, thank you. I'm glad to be back. Hadn't watched a lot of movies the last three months or so. <laughs> but now I'm, Charlie I'm back on a roll watching new movies. So. His signature intro of, haven't been watching many movies. <laughs> oh, I have now. That's why I'm back on. You're good. But as I've always said, we really, most of the show is just opinions on the movie news and past movies. So you technically don't have to be watching late mo- newer movies, but it is a little benefit. So 
I guess that's going to kick off today's show, guys. Without further ado, we're going to uh, dive into our first segment here. What did we watch? What did we watch this week? Well, uh, before we go into our reviews, because Tanner and Tim are going to have a wonderful, spoiler-free Captain Marvel review for us, and Charlie and I will be doing a full spoilers fighting with my family review. It's not really a movie that has uh, spoilers in it, so just go see the movie. Um, but we're going to be discussing that and really won't be talking too much about the plot, but we're going to, we're going to give that a full review. But there was a couple other things I watched this week that I just wanted to touch on to start off with and I'll let you guys kind of touch on some other things you watched. Um, in particular, I watched, uh, Widows last night, which was a, uh, an interesting flick, uh, some, some nice, uh, action. It's a bank robber movie about a couple of... A few ladies who lost their husbands who in a bank robbing accident, uh, <laughs> a, a, just a terrible yes. bank robbing accident where they were the ones robbing the bank, I should say, um, and uh, they're 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 kind of forced to rob a bank themselves or rob someone. But it was a pretty good movie. It was an interesting movie. Voila Davis catches in another amazing performance. I don't know what else you'd expect. It's she's incredible. Uh, and then on the documentary side, I watched. Um, Free Solo. Free Solo. Thank you. I watched Free Solo. It's a great film. And that is an incredible, incredible film. I, uh, yet, you know, it's just cr- crazy how much my palms sweat during that. It was super, super intense. And it's insane when you actually sit and think what he did. That is just baffling. Climbing that massive freaking mountain in, in a day without any breaks just straight climbing the endurance the strength blows me away it is i mean no doubt it deserved best uh, documentary film at the oscars this year it was, it was really really good um so yeah i watched widows and free solo uh, as well as fighting with my family which we'll dive into later tim do you have anything in particular you want to touch on before you go into your captain marvel review mm, i can't think of any movies i watched uh wow. max we need to work on mic etiquette that was pretty that gross. Was, that was uh, this is an ASMR staying, podcast. At least boy. he's staying hydrated. Sorry, it's just uh, really thirsty. We What's up, want, Tim? We don't want Max to get dehydrated. Uh, yeah, I can't think of any movies I watched. Uh, I mean, did you watch I, any? I watched Captain Marvel. Okay, and that's okay. You know, and, you don't you don't have to say anything here. You can just. Uh, stay I don't want to hear myself speak. <laughs> Pass. Okay. Tanner, did you watch anything this week other than Captain Marvel that you want to I touch on? I rewatched Baby Driver. Mm. That's always a good re. That's a good rewatchable movie. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, you it's... know, if you can get around the Kevin Spacey, but yeah, 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 me. Charlie, did you watch anything else this week that you want to touch on before we get into fighting with my family? Uh, yeah, I I watched uh, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. Oh yeah, I freaking loved that movie. And yeah. you know, I'm not a big superhero guy, but uh, mm. man, that was that movie was pretty special. Yeah, I really thought it was badass. Um, I also watched um, Ralph uh, breaks the internet as oh, well. Yeah. And I really liked that movie did too. He? I, I need, thought it was great. Did he? Um, for a little bit. Did he break that internet? He, I, he broke, broke it for it. for a minute. I think. By the way, I should something that kind of baffles me that got through Disney's like HR 
is that Ralph Breaks the Internet is literally a meme based off the Kim Kardashian picture where she's balancing a champagne glass on her ass. Yeah. And they said, break the internet. I think that's hilarious that a Disney movie adopted that phrase made famous by Kim Kardashian for that and uh, kind of adopted it into a, a movie title. But I guess maybe it's just a part of pop culture now. That's just a phrase that yeah. Yeah. doesn't every, have sexual yeah. connotation I mean, anymore. Every think... kid needs to understand what that means growing up. Yeah, I feel like it was Kim Kardashian's butt in this. I don't think so. Okay. No. It was a good movie though. I good. like both of those movies a lot. Awesome, man. <laughs> <laughs> Any uh, anyone else before we go into our reviews here? Nope. All right. Well, since the Captain Marvel one's kind of the big, the big one, I think everyone wants to hear most of the opinions on, uh, considering that's you know, everyone seems to be a big friggin' Marvel fan. Um, Chuck and I are going to go into our fighting with our family, fighting with my family review. And uh, if you guys don't want to hear anything about this, I would honestly just black out the podcast for the next uh, 10, 10 minutes. I don't know, just skip ahead, and uh, we'll we'll timestamp it when the reviews start and begin. So just look in the description. If you don't want to hear anything on any particular movie, we will timestamp when it begins and ends for you to make it easy. So Chuck, fighting with my family, coming from <laughs> Seven Buck Productions. Uh, what? What are you laughing at? We just give a note. We're just having a good time. It's coming from Dwayne The Rock Johnson's uh, Seven Bucks Productions. It's uh, more of a, I guess, indie fair from a, uh, a production company that typically pushes out mass hits. Now, it's more of an indie story, but clearly produced with a lot of money and the backing of a major studio. It's not something like an A24 film where it's kind of a, where those films kind of have more of that, you know, more intimate touch to it. But uh, tell you what, Chuck, I really, really enjoyed this movie. I really, really enjoyed it. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I, I loved it as well. I thought it was great. Um, I mean, I thought it was going to be funny just based on the trailers, but it ended up being a lot funnier than than I ex- expected. Uh, it had me laughing at just about every turn. Um, very good movie. Uh, the Rock does does make an appearance a couple of times and he's pretty funny in it mm-hmm. as well. Uh, Nick Frost, you know, he's just funny in everything that he's in yeah. and it doesn't change with this movie. He's, it's pretty much worth watching just for Nick Frost alone. He's just, his character based on, you know, a true person, obviously very, very funny. Um, it's pretty cool too. Cause towards, uh, when they're rolling credits, they kind of show, um, you know, they show, uh, like footage of interviewing the actual people that the family that was involved with this story and, uh, showed all the reactions and stuff. And it's, it's almost like shot for shot, line for line in the movie with the actual footage that mm. was yeah. like a home movie cut, uh, you know, kind of a deal. And I thought that was really cool. And yeah, it's just all around a great movie. Yeah. I go ahead. Is that, um, Lena Headey playing the mom. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne Johnson, Lena Headey, Vince Vaughn, Florence Pugh. Uh, who's this is kind of like a breakout film. Uh, Nick Frost, Jack Loudon, uh, to as kind of the main cast. Um, I mean, first and foremost, I thought the cast was really, really incredible. There was definitely major chemistry between them to kind of, and that's really important when you're trying to sell the story of this 
of this family and what i think i liked most about it is this it's truly a very misfit family like they're they're kind of i mean from the outside looking in they kind of look like a bunch of weirdos you know a wrestling family literally the mom the dad the brother the sister and the other brother are all uh uh wwe style wrestlers and uh been into it since they were born uh, because their parents were into it um so it takes a lot of it takes a lot of great chemistry between actors to be able to pull off a that family feeling which i really liked because that led to a lot of funny bits and it just was super believable and uh they sold that very well um in particular i thought florence Pugh as uh soraya knight who is the wrestler page um i thought she was really great i mean this is her again like her breakout performance and i thought she was excellent and the entire thing and she really carried the movie for for what she did because she was i mean she was the sole focus on the whole thing obviously and uh she did a really great job um in her scenes and i think she's gonna this is gonna be kind of a launch pad for her career but in particular jack loudon who played her brother i thought was really good too and they brought really great drama with uh, her brother uh and herself and and they kind of the dilemmas that go into the fact and this isn't a spoiler because this is in the trailers but um her brother who is older than her having the dream of going to the wwe and Paige uh also having that dream of going to the wwe but the the little sister gets that shot and the brother doesn't um and there's some really great drama that unfolds from that and also some really great uh, like life lessons too, which I always appreciate when films can drive home like a sentimental point and dramatic point without like coming off too cheesy or something like that that you might find in, in inspirational movies. I thought there were some really great points. Um, and one of them I thought actually spoke to our podcast. It's it's literally it's literally the point like one point she makes is that it's not doesn't matter how many people are watching, it's just who it matters to who's paying attention type of thing so like jack is a wrestling teacher in this movie and he teaches like 12 kids wrestling every day and and then he gets cut from the wwe and he kind of falls off and he doesn't know if he wants to do it anymore and like those kids depended on him and i think that's nice i think that goes for you know for us for anything i work on or anything we work on in life and create creatively or anything uh to that there's people out there who genuinely genuinely care and you make their the difference in their lives every single day and uh you have like no matter how small an impact it is it's big it's a large impact on certain people and that's all that matters so to our cinemastic listeners that's a little shout out to you a little a little love letter because uh i think that's i think that's nice i don't care how many people listen to our podcast if i have 20 people or like i listen every week man they would be so bummed so bummed if we didn't put out a podcast weekly or something. So uh, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Charlie, any other thoughts on fighting with my family on the on the story and the and the acting? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I'm not much into the professional wrestling thing. Um, so that just goes to show you how good the movie really was. That I actually ended up liking it quite a bit. Um, you come out of the movie with a little bit more a uh, little bit more respect for professional wrestlers, even though. You know, it's all fixed and, for the most part, fake. Uh, you know, people obviously get hurt, and they're all athletes and all that. That's great. But, uh, yeah, I uh, I think it did a really good job. I was pleasantly surprised at how good it was. Um, yeah. Vince Vaughn was hilarious in it. Was really funny in it. Um, he, he's so good. and like He carries he every just, movie he goes to, I feel like. He's like, just 
dropping zingers left and right on people and it's really i mean all of them land it's mm-hmm. very very funny yeah um, and i'm not really a huge vince vaughn fan either so that was See, I, you know, that was that was pretty surprising that uh everything that he said was cracking me up so and, and that's good because vince vaughn kind of is one of those one of those actors who's like his branded comedy either works with you or it doesn't and it sounds like you're like, eh, you know, he's hit or miss with me. So the fact that you yeah. liked his his performance in this, oh yeah, because it is. Make no mistake, there's a lot of comedic performance in that, but also he really drives home the dramatic edge of his character too. And he's he's, you know, Vince Vaughn's a he's a really talented actor. You may not like his comedy, but the guy can act, and and that's that's something that uh, I was appreciative. You want a good Vince Vaughn movie? Watch um Brawl and Cell Block '99. Yeah, I hear that's pretty brutal. It's gonna weird you out, yeah, hardcore. It's from the guy who made Bone Tomahawk. Yeah, and I hear Bone Tomahawk is the most horrific oh, thing ever. It's really good, but there is a there is a kill in that movie which is the uh, most gnarliest shit I've ever seen. Oh, I've 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 uh <laughs> I've read it about it, and yeah. I refuse to watch it. Oh, you got that? No, I can't watch that. That's gonna, I. I let my buddy Tea Time watch that, and he doesn't get gnarlyed out by pretty much anything. And I just watched his facial expression, and he just kept going, "Oh God, oh God, oh God!" And he's like, "Dude, he's like, what the hell was that?" He freaked out. So, no for Bone Tomahawk for me. <laughs> I'll just take your word for it. Bet it's real good. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not one for, I'm not one for movies needing to depict that that much violence. And it's same with like sex and stuff. I'm like. I've always, I've always, that opens up a wider discussion. I've always been curious why, like, graphic sex scenes, or even in, like, maybe in, like, the frat movies where they're doing it for comedic effect, but, like, in serious, like, dramas, like, are, like, are there people out there who literally just go to see the movie just for the sex scene? Yes. Oh, well, there you have it. That sells the tickets. All right. You heard yeah. it here first. Fifty Shades of Grey, dude. Yeah. That's not me. That's, there you go. I, I don't know. I mean, like, See, for me, when I see a movie, I'm like, oh, there's probably going to be sex scenes in there, but I'm interested in the, the story and whatnot. So, but I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't care if there's one or not, is the thing. But there's people out there who's like, looks like a good movie, but I want to go see those sex scenes. Is that, do you think there's people buying enough tickets to have warrant that? I mean, no. No, yeah. but I've just always been curious I, why I, they feel like it's super I necessary. think it's one of those things that it's supposed to make their romantic connection stronger. To make the audience kind of feel what they're feeling, in a sense. Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Well, certainly felt something when I watched Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper sing that song on Oscars night. I think we all did. That wasn't a sex scene, though. Oh, might as well. With their eyes, it was. <laughs> might as well have been. Moving on. Uh, to, oh, well, actually, real quick. Let's give it a rating out of 10, which I'm sure Charlie loves. Uh, I'm going to give... Uh, I'm going to give... Fighting with my. Actually, let's do out of five. Let's do out of five. Okay. Out of 10, out of five. I don't care. 12. So four out of five. Ultimately the same thing. I give it a four out of five. It's a great flick. Um, I'll definitely buy it because it has a lot of rewatchability. Um, it's just one of those uh, films you like to watch. So I'll give it a four out of five. Check. Yep. I'll go with four out of five as well. And I'll go for my dad because my dad saw it and he didn't want, he was like, I don't know if I want to see this movie at all. He left. And he's like, I want to go see that again. I wow. really, really liked it. And uh, my dad, is the same as Chuck and I. We could care less about wrestling. Um, and he's like, no, I want to see if your mom wants to go see it because I really like it. So um, my dad would probably give it a 4.5 out of 5. Wow. Wow. So that's yeah. for old Greg. It just goes to show you, I don't care about wrestling in the slightest bit. 
and that movie still still hooked me. Still really, really enjoyed it. If so. the story's good, that's all that matters. Moving on to our next review, I'm going to let Tanner and Tim take over on these mics uh, and uh, be able to uh, talk to, speak to Captain Marvel uh, and, and what that movie is like. We're going to do a spoiler-free um, review so because the movie only just came out last week, so we're not really going to go into spoilers. And if we do, we will clearly mark during the review that, hey, we're going to go do some spoiler talk right now. Um, without further ado, I'm going to let Tim and Tanner take it away. Guys, what would you think of Captain Marvel? So were you upset when she dies at the end? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty, <laughs> Did not pretty see crazy. That <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. That yeah, because, you know, it, it shows that scene from Infinity War again mm-hmm. when Nick Fury uses the pager. Right. And then it hard cuts to just her dead body floating in space. Yeah, and the page is just kind of floating yeah. there, too. Um, and then it hits the spaceship that Tony Stark's in. It's real Game of Thrones type shit. It yeah. was intense. Um, wow. No, but, <laughs> you know, guys, I thought the movie was okay. It very much seemed to me like it had that kind of phase one quality. Um, Which, in, a, in, in a phase three world. Yeah. It's it, just... I find a lot of Marvel It's not movies, up to par. And I find a lot of Marvel movies, I walk away and I'm just like, that was okay. That wasn't spectacular. Sure. That was, I, felt, I felt that way with Doctor Strange. I felt that way with, with yeah. Ant-Man, yeah. Ant-Man 2. I felt that way with Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3. I felt that way with a lot of them. You felt that after Iron Man 3? I really liked I like Iron Man 3. In, in theaters, yes. I like that I, one. Iron Man 3 has grown on me, uh, but in theaters, I did not like that mm-hmm. at all. I didn't like the twist, but anyways, continue but with I mean, Captain Marvel. Kind of... To your point, it is in a in a sense a new phase one because I mean all the actors from the original phase are going to be ending their contracts and I mean who knows what happens but they're going to have to be introducing new characters to kind of continue on. But sure. I do I, I guess I can kind of see why it doesn't feel like phase three. Um, so it's of course an origin story to the Captain Marvel character who was teased at the end of Infinity War. Um, in some ways, it's kind of an origin story for the MCU as a whole, or at least with the Avengers Initiative. Right. Um, and Nick and Fury Nick and Fury, Coulson. Yep. And, um, but it ultimately, ultimately, ultimately just feels like, like the Russos really wanted to use Captain Marvel in um, the Avengers. Endgame. Endgame. Uh, but then they were like, oh, wait, well, maybe we should, you know, take some time to establish this character As first. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's not always true. I mean, Black Panther was introduced in um, Civil War. And Spider-Man. And Spider-Man, yeah. Although Spider-Man's one of those characters you don't necessarily have. Sure. To. Um, it's just, this movie just kind of felt obligatory in some ways. Like, it wasn't... Um, there wasn't a whole lot of energy with it. I think the pacing was off. Like there is a very long stretch of time uh, towards the end of the second act where it's just constant, constant expository dialogue and like nothing is really happening. It lasted for yeah. what felt like a good 30 minutes or more. I also like, yeah. um, was, was, was I the only one too before like the movie with all the trailers was like find out who she is. And I'm like, I do not care. <laughs> like I could, I do not care who could she possibly be. She's That's Captain anything Marvel. of interest. I was like, she's a superhero and she's Carol Danvers. 
that's like all I know. So like, oh, I know who she is. So it's like, why do I? Right. Anyways, I think it, no, I think it's kind of Disney selling the fact that it's their first lead female superhero. They were so late to the game. They should have been like the first to do it. And are we just gonna pretend that Scarlet Witch and Black Widow just and, and so, like Pepper Potts are just like no, they don't fucking supposedly count. No, they didn't have like a movie centered on them. That's yeah, but the there's still those right. those characters are great women characters. They are, but you can blame, right. but they're um, not leads. You can blame fuck. What's his name? Kevin Feige. No, um, Ike Perlmutter. <laughs> so, here's a little background information. He's the guy who runs Marvel. Okay, because that was the complete yeah. opposite. Name and of in the I was early expecting. days of the MCU, the Phase One days, he was over Kevin Feige's head, and basically anything Kevin Feige wanted to do, it would have to go through Perlmutter in this um, committee, basically. Um, and they would yes, no everything and kind of micromanage him. Um, I believe Feige wanted early on to do like a Black Panther movie and like a Black Widow, Black Widow movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. And Perlmutter's like, no, like no one wants to see movies centered around like women or this Black Panther character. Perlmutter's kind of a, he's kind of a dick. Sounds like um, it. So he was kind of hamstringing Kevin Feige. And Kevin Feige, Feige basically, I think, went to... Um, went over his head to Bob Iger and was like, look, we, this guy's holding me back. Like, please let me mm-hmm. grant me special, you know, MCU powers so I can just do whatever I want. And that's what happened. Um, and that's the first superhero. So, yeah. Uh, but anyways, that's kind of why Marvel's been so far behind on um, perhaps the representation front with their films. Yeah. So, um, so what was making you not so much like you said? There's exposition, too much exposition towards the end. The, the pacing's off. Um, there's not a lot of energy to it. There's not a lot of dramatic weight to it either. So, one of the complaints with the trailers, a lot of people were saying like, "Oh, Brie Larson's Carol Danvers. She just doesn't look like she has a personality." Right? That was kind of a common. I think we talked about this. She didn't. Um, look like, she looked like she didn't even care. She does have a personality. Yeah. But she also still doesn't seem like she really cares about anything going on. Mm. Um, it's like a way, way dry, sarcastic wit throughout the whole thing. Like I never yeah, got I the impression she was even trying emotionally invested the character. And that's not Brie Larson's fault. I would say that's more the the script, the writing, yeah, um, and just the structure of the film. I guess was there a lot of like you know, classic bad MCU humor in this? It was, so, Tim, I don't know about you, but it seemed like whenever they went for a humor bit, it was like they were trying to ape the um, Guardians or Thor Ragnarok style of humor. It felt a lot more like Guardians. it didn't land. Like, it did not land, and it was kind of inconsistent tonally. Um, I didn't think it was terrible. Like with the humor, uh, Talos, who is this alien character, um, played by Ben Mendelsohn, who was director Krennic in Star Wars Rogue One, mm-hmm. um, entertaining character, but like, yeah. it's just everything he said was kind of this quippy, like, ha ha, like he's an alien, but he he 
I don't know, he drops like the phrase jazz hands at one point, like out of nowhere. It's just yeah. kind of oh. weird things like that. Oh God. Yeah. I am actually, <laughs> I'm physically hurting right now. Um, oh, still no. Brie Larson carries the film basically right i, I just wish the character job. was written better i'm excited to see her interacting with the rest of the avengers in endgame i hate yeah. um meta humor like that like humor that just has like that's so on the nose that like people know what jazz hands are that's funny and it's just like oh that's what a lot of marvel humor is and it just i i can't that's it takes me right out of the movie that was my main complaint with ragnarok yeah there was some funny bits but like every series same with guardians of the galaxy 2 every serious beat here comes a joke right now it's like just let me watch the movie there were some funny bits that did land um i like the whole interaction between samuel jackson and the cat yeah samuel L. jackson was great in this um Goose the cat. Yeah, their um, their interactions, I I enjoyed every single one they had. The uh, the Disney de aging tech is getting pretty crazy. That these was days very good. Um, it it did not look weird to me at all. No, of course I wasn't bothered by uh, Leia or Tarkin in Rogue One, but everyone got taken out by that. Right, but uh, it was nowhere near as good as what it was with Samuel oh, right. Jackson. Yeah, they're only getting better. Yeah. Um of course those there was a lot more CGI involved with those characters and what's going on here. Right. Um what's really interesting though is your opinion of Captain Marvel is basically my opinion of Aquaman. Yeah. yeah. Like spot on. Like <laughs> but there's see, dry parts that didn't I thought Aquaman for me at least was entertainingly schlocky yeah to where like it i knew could, what it was i was laughing with it there were times i was laughing at it with right. captain marvel i was just kind of like nodding my head is tim trying to justify this movie by trying to bring down aquaman with it no i'm just saying that's basically what i said with aquaman which is interesting mm. and there was a lot more style to that direction in aquaman right um the direction in captain marvel i think it was a two-person team but very flat. Also, a continuing problem right. with Marvel is they're getting directors who cannot film an action sequence to save their fucking lives. Like, the lighting is always super dark. They do this shaky, close-up editing yeah. camera stuff. Why can't you just put a camera one side of the room, get a nice wide shot, have two people in front of it fighting, and don't move the goddamn camera? while they're fighting why yep. is that so they, hard they try to get a little too fancy with it they're doing it to cover up like bad choreography because they're you know getting these indie inexperienced right. directors who and don't know what they're doing for the on most that part front. it's heavily cgi'd as well yeah and i feel like with a superhero film you know marvel's so concerned about nailing this sort of goofy offbeat tone these days when i would much rather have well-directed, well-choreographed action and, you know, thrilling yeah. set pieces. Mm -hmm. That's wonder, what I think of when I think I, of superhero I movies. Wonder, I wonder how hard it is, though, because something that just came to my attention is The Last Jedi in the throne room scene. There is that wide shot awesome. of people, but there is... The choreography is on full display, but there is, like, a couple shots of that, that when you rewatch, you wouldn't have noticed up front, probably, but, like, when you rewatch, when you have it like that, there is, like, two 
blatant WWE style hits that Ray does where she like swings back, clearly misses the guy and the guy goes, Well, sure. I mean so it's well, kind of the force. You, ha- you have to be yeah, you have to be careful with that, I think, too. Yeah. That's what directors I, are scared but of. But it's one thing when right. you're watching it for the first time or at normal speed and you're not specifically looking out things where they can kind of trick you into making it think it looks like this cohesive great thing but it's another thing where it's like this is borderline pitch black what the fuck am i looking at which Mm -hmm. is like the first action sequence in captain marvel's yeah basically like now did this movie Mm -hmm. get you pretty did did at least to get you really excited for endgame did it have some oh yeah so i mean no spoilers but the mid-credit stinger ties into endgame and that was honestly the best part of the movie (laughs) was a scene from endgame (laughs) that's actually i'm not joking that's the main reason i'm probably gonna see the movie is i just want to see the the mid credits scene. i'm borderline yeah i'm borderline this close to just looking it up because i have zero interest in in the character captain marvel i thought i thought captain marvel was a lot better than what some of the reviews were saying i mean yeah i agree with the the story was kind of flat um i mean it was just Mainly to introduce Captain Marvel, so then when she shows up in in or in game, it's not out of place. Yeah, but I mean, I, I thought they did well enough. I liked the throwback to the '90s, you know, all the little things um, that they had with that. Um, I mean, it was awesome to get introduced to Samuel Jackson, um, the scrolls as well, because they can do a lot of cool things with the scrolls. Um, and what I also enjoyed about it was. The, there's a, a big enough twist that I didn't necessarily see coming towards the end that I, I, I thought it, it did enough for me where it wasn't just, you know, oh, you already know what's going to happen. So I enjoyed that as well, which kind of redeemed the story for me, in my opinion. Yeah. All right. Um, this film's getting, like, weirdly politicized, too. Oh, which is kind of annoying because no, I don't feel right. like the movie is really that political. No, it's not. There's, there's a bunch of morons um, who get all messed, like he, super pissed just because it's a female actress. I mean, there's definitely a, a feminist angle to it, but like the movie, I don't think really beats you over the head with it. No, um, and I think a lot of people are, and this is I kind of think another issue with the movie, um, where. Like, say, and I know you didn't like Killmonger and Black Panther, mm-hmm. um, but that character had very clear uh, politics. And mm-hmm. that's why people thought it was kind of refreshing just because it was this very extreme thing to be like, whoa, this isn't a superhero movie. Right. There's nothing like that in Captain Marvel. And I think if they would have actually pushed something harder it would have been more interesting, but it's more mm-hmm. like the film's trying to gesture towards these things without actually like being brave enough to say anything. Right. But I think they're being really timid with it because supposedly, uh, rumor is the Russo brothers filmed an alternate Endgame in case Captain Marvel flopped. I don't think so. I doubt it, but no, that's something pretty interesting. Well, there's, no there's, way. there's also, I mean, there's uh, the, <laughs> No matter what you think of Brie Larson's politics, she also has made comments outside of it that are begging her movie to get trashed by people who get really, 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 really upset over things like comments on color and gender. I mean, one of the like her one of her quotes is, 
um, uh, one of her quotes says, uh, am I... Am I saying I hate white dudes? The Oscar winner asked the room at Beverly Hilton. No, I'm not, she replied. I don't want to hear what a white man has to say about a wrinkle in time. I want to hear what women of color and biracial women has to say about this film. I want to hear what teenagers think about the film. Which, you know, say what you want. I mean, that's that's <laughs> that's a comment she made, and obviously that's gonna that's bait to a ton of people who just want to tear down her and any film she's involved in. Um, you gotta, she has to, you have to wade the waters carefully with that stuff. Otherwise you get, you get trash films, but, um, that does make me kind of question though, is ultimately was Captain Marvel's intended audience, someone like me, maybe not, which is maybe why it's not clicking quite as well. I don't think it's a bad movie. I made a ton of money. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's nothing like horribly off about it like i was never like mad or like confused or watching it like Mm -hmm. it was it was fine it's just the mcu has had at this point a lot of just better made films right yeah there's a lot this feels just kind of like a a slight backslide in quality which is disappointing so the thing i liked about it i mean there are movies like ant-man versus the wasp or after that you're like uh, you know that could have been gone without being made yeah this one, at least, I didn't feel that. You know, I'm not more excited about Endgame because of it, but yeah, I'd say I'm I'm probably where I was. So, where do you guys have him. it out of five? Um, so I originally on Letterboxd I set it as a four, but I'm probably going to lean more towards three and a half. All right, I would say like a. Three out of five. Three out of five. Two point yeah. eight out of five, maybe. I don't know. All right. So did you six point five out did of you 10 see feels better that it, it got four hundred fifty five million dollars globally. Yeah, it's first weekend. It's doing well. Yeah, people yeah. are responding to it very positively. So good for the movie. Mm-hmm. Just yep. wasn't for me. Sure. I, well, I thought it did overall a well job to introduce the new phase i mean with scrolls and introducing space and everything well, like more planets so we'll have to we'll have to take a look at it when the charlie and i will have to catch that at some point uh <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> I'll, I'll have to watch it at some point because uh, i like i like to be up to date on those things heading into end games so uh that's gonna do it for our review segment of the show let's go ahead and move on to our next and that is in the news So, boys, um, I wouldn't be an in the news segment without leading with a DC uh, DC article. Uh, Shazam has been getting rave. Oh my gosh, Odell, Odell Odell Beckham Jr. just got traded to the Browns. That is incredible! Wow. And that's gonna do it for the sports segment <laughs> yeah. on our on our show. But uh, Shazam Shazam uh, has been previewed by critics at this point and uh i'm as a dc fan i cannot be happier to report that it is getting incredible 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 reviews not one review came off like man i liked it every single one of them was like that was awesome it was like a mix of superman and big which is what a lot of people were wanting uh this story of this teenage boy 
12, 13-year-old boy, I think actually it's like 14, getting the powers of a god and how he handles them. Uh, Zachary Levi has been said to p- turn in a breakout performance here as a leading a leading star born to play this type of role. Um, he has that childlike charisma to him. People say it's like laugh-out-loud funny, um, which is good for that type of movie. Shazam is that type of movie that should be quite humorous. It's a kid in a grown man's uh, body because he shouts a word Shazam. It's crazy. Um, so I'm super excited to see that it's arriving to these rave reviews because as a DC fan, I'm quite used to the opposite. Uh, Charlie, are you excited to see Shazam? Uh, I've got I've got some interest in it. Uh, the trailer's... You know, it seemed like it, it, it could be a pretty funny movie. Um, you know, it's a superhero movie, so I'm always weary about those. I think it's at least different enough from it. It's not like, oh, this guy just is a super-powered bean. It's actually a he. Yeah. he bean. Actually, bean, like a pinto bean. Uh, he's actually has a lot of, like, he just is this kid who's gifted these incredible powers. And Zachary Levi, it's it's hard not to like him. He just seems so charismatic. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. excited to see it. I think it's good. Tanner? Yeah, I've, it looks fun. Um, you see the reactions and everything, too? I did not see those. Yeah. Uh, interesting, maybe not interesting side note, weird coincidence thing. So uh, Zachary Levi, right, uh-huh. um, was on the show Chuck. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah, Alongside he was Chuck. Uh, Yvonne Strahovski, who was my original pick for Captain Marvel. Oh, for real. This whole time. And I Brie Larson did a great job, and she was fine. Yeah. Uh, but just a weird little coincidence it's there because Shazam so is also strange. originally called Captain Marvel, yeah, right? It is. The DC Captain Marvel. We're getting Marvel. two so Captain weird Marvels. kind of coincidence. It was the, ori- the OG Captain Marvel. Yeah, the year of Captain Marvel. Um, because Marvel Marvel was originally Miss Marvel. Yeah. But they also had a male Captain Marvel. It's a whole thing. It is. And there's a Marvel yeah. as well. It's weird. And, uh, um, if you guys if you guys haven't, you should just go to Zachary Levi's Instagram and take a look at his ten year challenge. Uh, him and as Chuck in him now is quite remarkable. He looks like he's put on at least eighty pounds of muscle, and the guy is incredible, incredible shape. It's it's un, he was in he wasn't very buff at all, and then he got cast, and they you know roided him up or whatever. I don't know. They gave him some Hollywood treatment and got him oh, in yeah. the gym. He's in. It's real easy to get ripped when you have to and make millions from it. You know, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize this. Very easy to do that. It's very common knowledge, apparently, in Hollywood that uh, actors take steroids uh, to get buffed up. I had Why no wouldn't idea. You? Yeah. I, thought that, I just thought it was really, really bad for you. But uh, there's actually, apparently, like, if you do it's the proper great. dosage, I mean, you it's can be okay. It's not great for you. There's yeah. a ton of side effects. I mean, if you want a superhero body and yeah. not a lot of time, you yeah. kind of have to. I mean, to. he got cast and you think like three months before the movie was started filming. He was like 175, 170, six foot four. Like, you think The Rock <laughs> is all natural? He might be. He might be. I, the guy's uh, been doing it for a while. He eats a lot of rock. He yeah. actually might be. Though he's the reason. The Rock doesn't strike me as a, a, a roid user yeah I, he I doesn't know. either i don't know i would believe it less if he didn't post videos of him working out literally every day with more weight that i could ever possibly hope to imagine added up over a month it's all the same day <laughs> he, literally one rep is more weight than i carry an entire I f- month i feel like maybe he used steroid steroids to initially put on poundage to like be a wrestler 
But I don't think that yeah. I would be very surprised if I mean, he uses them now. He played football at the University of Miami. He's as a natural well. athlete. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's not like Zachary Levi, who literally couldn't be looking more unathletic and becoming ripped, so, which would be more steroid based. But Tim, uh, any thoughts on Shazam? Uh, no, I'm really excited for it. Uh, probably the DC movie I'm most excited for. Uh, again, the trailer looks great. I like the tone that they're setting. Uh, I think it's going to be a good way to round up, um, you know, the Aquaman and Wonder Woman movies that or the trend they kind of started. So I'm pretty, awesome. I'm pretty excited. Here's a little topic I want to discuss that Charlie would be a pretty good expert at. Uh, Stephen King's The Talisman. Why did I say it like that? The Talisman. The Talisman is <laughs> headed to the big screen. Chuck, uh, reader of many a Stephen King. Uh, oh yeah, seen read this. I actually don't believe I've read the Talisman. Um, you know, Stephen King has a massive catalog there. Yeah, he is. He's got a lot of books, so I definitely haven't even come close to reading all of them. Uh, but you know, I I'm sure it's amazing. Uh, I mean, I'm super biased. He's my favorite author, so I haven't read a book of his that I have not thoroughly enjoyed. So, uh, but, you know, with Stephen King uh, and movie adaptations, it's very tough to do that with King's writing. Um, And you can just see that based on... They're on a roll, though. I mean, they are. I mean, Castle Rock was pretty good as a show. That's that's a little different. Uh, Is that an original story, or is that based off of something he's already written? Castle Rock isn't. Castle Rock is original okay. story based on King lore. There's a okay. ton of references to yeah. King books in Castle Rock, and I loved that show. Castle um, Rock is a town in the Stephen King universe where tons of his books take place. Not linked stories, just Castle Rock is just this place, and a lot of different stories happen there. Am I making you understand? No, that? yeah. He, uh, pretty much all of his well, not all of them, but you know, a vast majority of his books take place in small towns in Maine. I believe there's even a mention of Castle Rock in the actual book It and stuff like that. Some, well, some sort Shawshank of Shawshank Redemption or Shawshank Prison's connected to that. Somehow, yeah, yeah, it? actually, in yeah. Castle Rock, Shawshank Ca- Prison is in the yes, in the yes, um, exactly. And it's it's it would be much easier to make an adapt an adaptation of a King novel in a series. Uh, instead of you know a two and a half hour movie, um, and it it was about as good as you can get as far as adaptations go. I mean, The Shining mm-hmm. was obviously a great movie, but King's got issues with that. Um, what is the Talisman know, about? The Talisman. So I looked it up real quick because originally I thought it was you know the Jackie Chan cartoons oh. <laughs> with the talismans and they'd get the little superpowers from it, but. I remember um, that show. To, here's the here's the plot summary. Jack Sawyer, 12 years old, sets out from Arcadia Beach, New Hampshire, in a bid to save his mother, who is dying from cancer, by finding a crystal called the Talisman. Jack's journey takes him simultaneously through the American heartland and the territories, a strange fantasy land which is, in, which is set in a universe parallel to that of Jack's United States. Individuals in the territory, territories have twinners or parallel individuals. In our world, Okay, Twinner's births, deaths, and its intimated other major life events are usually paralleled. So essentially there's going to be two different worlds. 
mm-hmm. and I'm assuming if something bad happens in one, it's going to happen in the other, and it's going to be that whole could be dilemma. Uh, sorry, I had to look up the Great. Jackie Tan uh, theme song after Tim mentioned that. Just, I mean, remember you this? have to yes. you have to listen to it after uh, you know how well that that last little Patrick Wilson clip went in the last podcast. That was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it kind of sounds uh, a little similar to uh, like how the Dark Tower worked. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. if you... Did you see the Dark Tower I didn't, movie? but I have, an, I have an idea of kind of how it yeah. works. I didn't see it either because it seemed like it got pretty relentlessly shit on. Um, mm-hmm. But I've read most of the books in the series. And um, it's kind of a similar thing where there's little portals basically in in real in the real world that transfer you to a completely different world mm-hmm. that's uh i mean you know, that's a lot of king stuff you know there's a lot of supernatural type things going on and yeah. a lot of you know a lot of weird stuff he um, he did pet cemetery as well right yes he and did. that's oh that one's coming that looks creepy yeah pet cemetery is probably gonna be crazy uh you know it's gonna be pretty scary. You know there. what's yeah. you know what's weird too. By the way, I have, I have never read a Dark Tower book, never seen the movie, had no idea what it was. But for whatever reason, I just had a thought that is like the Dark Tower, the center of Stephen King's universe. It's technically that's like the the pillar that creates these stories, and he like kind of has materialized it into this object of the Dark Tower, and that apparently that's basically the idea of it. Well, it's kind of like. One of Stephen King's things is a lot of his books, um, you know, they somehow, somehow they mention something from another book or, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's all kind of connected in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very, very difficult to adapt a Stephen King novel to the big screen. And I'm always, always kind of like superhero movies. I'm always weary of it and expecting it to not be so good. Well, maybe um, but they did it with it, and they did a really good job with it. I thought so. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. What are you guys laughing at? What meme? I'll show you later. <laughs> okay, there's Tanner. Tanner showed me a really ripped <laughs> pick of Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> now there's additional. There's more to it. There's more to it, but I'll send uh, it to you guys. Jesus, uh, it's, it's it's we can't say it on the podcast. So okay, moving on from that, uh, Apple just put out a little announcement saying uh, save the date for March 25th, and the tagline for it is "It's Showtime." Um, that heavily implies that they are going to announce their streaming service, and I'm just curious: uh, Are you guys planning on signing up for this with all the shows they've announced, nope. and the acquisition of A24, any of that interest you guys? Not even in the slightest. Um, I do not like Apple products. I don't like anything that has to do with Apple. So, not gonna be paying them any money at all. For they need anything. to. They need to focus on fixing Siri before they start adding all of this stuff. <laughs> I don't How like, does that make you feel, man? I don't like all these streaming services, right? I don't either. People not... are like, "Oh, streaming is this. This is gonna kill cable. This is the future." But what's going to happen is, is we're going to have so many separate streaming services. Mm-hmm. They're going to start getting bundled together, kind of like they already are with Amazon. You can get a bunch, yeah. And it's just going to turn into cable packages again. Yeah, it's no, the same shit. I refuse. Yeah. I refuse to like. Right now, I have Hulu for a dollar. I'm under a family plan for Netflix. 
Uh, and the real only streaming plan I have is DC Universe. You have H- HBO as well. HBO and HBO is free with my phone plan. So I'm finding the ways. Hell? I'm finding ways to get wow. these this stuff for as close to free as possible. And then, but there's I mean there's zero chance in hell I'd be paying full price for HBO, Hulu, Netflix, Apple, DC, and uh, Disney is going to put out one with all those Star Wars shows. Going to have to get that. So. There's no way I'm paying full price for all those, so uh, they have to. People have to be wary. You have to put out actual good content, and you have to put it at a price that people will actually pay. Because no one is gonna buy all these streaming services. AT and T is putting out their own streaming service. AT and T, who owns HBO, is going to have their own streaming service for like AT and T owned shows or something. I'm like, Isn't who is signing up for that? Like AT and T Directv. I don't. I, I don't know. They own HBO, so I'm not sure. But. Actually, they own DirecTV, and I think DirecTV yeah. owns HBO. Anyways, very interesting. Uh, just something I wanted to bring up. March 25th, you should expect an announcement for that. Uh, a new Aladdin trailer dropped today. Much better than the last one. Uh, Genie doesn't look quite as horrifyingly... It just doesn't look terrifying in this one. Still, my main problem is Jafar sounds horrible. Does not sound intimidating at all. He looks like he's a 25-year-old like supermodel and he's not some grimy old man that will continually be my biggest gripe with that movie even after i see it there's nothing that can change my mind that uh, that being any good as jafar but did you guys watch that trailer what do you think yeah <clears throat> i still don't think it looks good it's yeah. better it's it, i i'm much more optimistic after this trailer but still I agree. cautiously cautious about it it was nice to actually have some i'm cautiously cautious additional dialogue and a little bit more look at what the characters are gonna gonna be looking like so that was nice it still looks kind of like um with the live action beauty and the beast mm-hmm. where it just everything just looks like sets like it's just very artificial yeah. looking the lighting is very bright and even um across everything it's just it looks like like a made for tv production jack i don't know who asked for this movie uh, <laughs> i'm just so uh, i'm just tired uh, disney of, shareholders asked I'm for so tired of disney just retreading classic movies uh, it just doesn't need to be done come up with something fresh for god's sakes when you do come up with something fresh it's most of the time always good so why do you keep why do, why do we need a live action aladdin why do we need a live action jungle book why do we need a live action yeah dumbo now like uh, are you freaking Dumbo seems okay. Me? Dumbo looks pretty good, though. Dude, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna cry that. during that movie. It's just not needed, man. No, no I it's here's just not. Here's the one appeal I think to these movies that I realize I watched Dumbo maybe once as a kid. I don't remember a single thing about it other than there's a flying baby elephant. So I'm excited for the live action version simply because I never saw the cartoon classic and I have no special attachment to it. Now with a movie like Aladdin, I already know how the story's going to go. So I guess I'm just watching the play of it. But um, I guess there might be kids out there who never saw Aladdin. They're like, I guess I'll go see it. That might be the only thing I could think of, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like I, 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 don't really remember a lot of Disney movies growing up, so that's one reason why I would go see it. I mean, I watched that's Aladdin fair. a few times, but I don't really remember it a lot. That's fair. It's a good way to introduce it and then also I mean, bring people to your parks to, and spend more money. So what I would say to that, Tim, is you should go and watch 
the actual animated <laughs> I know. films because they're good. To. Yeah, they're really good. They're good. Which uh, which streaming service is that on? Uh, probably gonna be on but no, I, gonna I, be I do want. I do definitely want to watch those. Yeah, you should watch the original movies because they're good. As sooner or later, they're gonna Disney. I mean, there's gonna be a like a what like a live action. I don't even know. Mulan. They're going to have They're doing Mulan. They're doing Lion King's coming out. They did Aladdin. They're doing Dumbo. They already did Cinderella. They're going to have a 4D. I haven't done Snow White yet. I'm calling for a freaking boycott of this garbage. There's like those, there's those, there's the terrible Snow White movies like Snow White and the Huntsman with Chris uh, Hemsworth. That's not Disney though. It's not. It's just like, that's just people taking fair Mm -hmm. use of the Snow White children's tale and, and doing whatever they want. They're making another Maleficent. Yep, they're doing that. Yeah, that's weird. I haven't um, even seen the first one. The, did you see they're going to... Or I, I don't know if they're making a new 101 Dalmatians or they're making a Cruella movie. They already movie. did a live action. They're doing a Cruella DeVille movie with Emma Stone. They, I think uh, as Cruella? No, the, I, I think Nicole Kidman's... Mm-mm. It's Emma Stone. I saw it was Nicole Kidman. Mm, maybe that would be a good, good match. It's maybe good, it's both. It's good cast. Maybe it'll be flashbacks. Yeah. Calling yeah. for a boycott on this one, boys. <laughs> they need to remake. Shut them down. They need to remake one of their um, lesser known bad movies, like Black Cauldron. There you go. Never heard of you that. know what you know exactly. What, you know what's yeah. one one? That's the animated film that almost killed Disney. You know what's one animated movie that actually would make real good sense to bring to live action more than anything else, just simply because of the visuals alone. Give me Treasure Planet. PB and J Otters. Give me a Treasure Planet great live as is, action. Though. It's That's a great not one that needs to be remade. I, I, but I could see the need for it just because visuals alone in the world building that Treasure Planet did. I would love to see that in live action just because I want to see all I those. I don't know visuals. if I saw. It's basically Treasure Island, but it's the what about Treasure uh, Planet. Yeah, you know, it'd else? be cool if they made it Atlantis. See, I, I, I could get on board. I love Atlantis. I could get I on like board Atlantis. with Atlantis. It was pretty good. I like. It'd be cool. It could be done better. Um, fun fact, the, a lot of the concept in the character design work was done by Mike Mignola, who's the creator of Hellboy. Oh, Speaking really? of which. Oh. oh, you know what? I see that though. Now, yeah. the, the sharp, the sharp facial, uh, features. And all the steampunky technology. Yeah. That's very. I, I dare, I very much see that yep. as Hellboy. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Very cool. That movie was responsible for a lot of Max making giant. Lego submarine. Do you remember? I thought things. you were going to talk about the the princess character in there for a second. I thought you were going a completely different direction. You know, you know what? Tanner, you just need to you need to cool it. She over was there. a beautiful woman, but the vehicles were so much cooler. I remember those they, leviathans. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember the McDonald's toys? Oh yeah. You could get them. Oh, those are so cool. Moving on from our uh, little Disney Disney segment there. One Boy last thing. <laughs> One Boy last God. thing. One last thing I want to talk about and something that I think Tanner will enjoy speaking of is the trailer for Midsummer, M-I-D-S-O-M-M-A-R, mm, dropped. This buddy. is from the director and maybe writer of uh, Hereditary, which is easily the most horrifying, terrifying, horrific movie I've ever seen in my life. Um, so probably not going to be wanting to watch this one, but it is mm. a the concept behind it is it's a horror movie that takes place entirely during the day. It is totally bright outside during every single scene. And I think that is super interesting. Mm-hmm. Compared to every single movie is typically, every single horror movie, it's always at night. There's always darkness. But this one's going to take place in the day. And Florence Pugh is in it. 
Is she really? Mm-hmm. No, there you have it. Oh, who's that? She's the main character of Fighting with My Family. Oh, yeah, sure, okay. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I Ari mm-hmm. Aster, mm-hmm. Uh, very interested in his career now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you had you had Hereditary as your uh, number one movie of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just like the whole the pagan ritual stuff. I think that's really cool. It's like True Detective season one. Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I'm I'm into that. Yeah, it's scary. I'm here for it. And then of course, like you said, it's all in daylight, which is, or at least the scenes in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, um, it appears that's what it is. Because yeah. daylight's very underused in horror. Um, mm-hmm. But if, like, if, if you've ever seen the original um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that's a film that takes place mostly during the day and it's very uncomfortable. Mm. Um, I swear there's the main chick in that movie. There's just like a twenty minute period where she's constantly screaming, <laughs> like it does not stop. <laughs> it's, it's hard to get through. Yeah. Um. But yeah, daylight's underused. I'm trying to think of all the scary things that have happened to me in real life and probably took place during the day. Yeah. Well, that's Midsummer. Definitely check out the trailer. <laughs> it's super. It's super creepy. Uh. And if you were a fan of hereditary or horror movies alone, the concept uh is interesting. It got. Really great reactions at Sundance. Uh, so definitely check that out. Um, and I think that's going to do it for the end of the news segment. Uh, let- Ooh, I want to add one last thing. Good. Uh, Killian Murphy announced as the new Bond. What? What? Isn't that... Didn't that happen, or is that a rumor? What? I think that's, that's rumor. I would I know that heard by anything now. anything official. Uh, well, let me check. Let me, I'm looking it up right now. Killian Murphy just favored casually to casually walk that into that was six days ago. Yeah, <laughs> favored to be uh, the next James Bond. Wow, that would be an interesting choice. Never mind, he's favored. But be a very I think that'd be still choice. pretty pretty cool. What does he look like? He's the Scarecrow from <laughs> Batman uh, mm-hmm. here. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I okay. That's that's okay. that's interesting. That's the most I can say is that would be an interesting choice. Yeah, because Killian always comes off like a very creepy weird dude. Yeah, and he doesn't mm-hmm. have the the I mean, han- he seen, doesn't really have that handsome yeah. devil. Have you seen Peaky Blinders? Think. Or Peaky Blinders? <laughs> Peaky Blinders. I said Peaky Blinders. <laughs> Peaky Blinders. Yeah, it sounded like you said Blinders. Um, sorry. There was also Go talk home. of Tom Hiddleston being in contention. Is it I Hiddleston or is it Hiddleston? Hiddleston. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in Hiddleston. I don't know. I went Henry Cavill. Michael Fassbender. Henry Cavill. I think uh, Henry Cavill would be a great Bond. Oh, he's not no. British. No. no, is he British? Yes. Yeah, he's British. Actually, yeah, he is. You don't have to be British. I think another Bond. person he should be British. I think he another be, person that was under have to be. I think another person that was under consideration was Damian Lewis. Mm. Dan you... Stevens would be a good pick. Dan Stevens is Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I forgot he was in that. Yeah. If he you've seen the, the movie The Guest, you should check out The Guest. I've been meaning to watch that. It's on my watch it's list. It's fucking wild. Okay, boys, we're going to move on from our In the News segment. I guess we'll keep an eye on that Cillian, uh, Killian Murphy uh, rather uh, announcement, maybe, as James Wan. We'll keep a close eye on that, and you will hear it here probably not first. No, but definitely you'll, not. You'll hear it around that time. We'll live tweet it. Um, so we're going to move on to our next segment here, and that is Out This Week. Jordan, let's do some popcorn noises. Yes. You know, a little. 
you know, a little popcorn noise. Just mm-hmm. to get that burnt smell. Just to really bring home the fact that like you're the going to the movie. Talking. You're going to the movie theater for this. Um, just a few. Just wanted to cover what's in the theaters, just real quick, guys. Uh, Wonder Park, Captive State, The Highwaymen, and Aquaman is going to be out on digital and DVD. But it's digital right now, which is very interesting because that happened real quick, very very quick. I feel like, but it's kind of the trend. Yeah, it seems to be. So Aquaman's out on digital, so you can definitely rent that, or actually I think you have to buy it if you want to watch it. Um, but uh, Wonder Park is that Nickelodeon Studios animated movie. I saw the trailer. It looks like garbage. I think it's going to be garbage. It doesn't look good at all. All the jokes are horrible, and it's going to be a terrible movie. It's going to be well, great for the kids, maybe though. Maybe not, yeah, made for <laughs> it's mid-20s. It's, but, you know, all animated movies... That's great because parents can go and actually enjoy the story and there's some laughs in there and they can actually enjoy it. This one's just like, it's like kid humor and it's just, it's just mm. awful. It's just, it looks bad. So Wonder Park is out. Captive State featuring John Goodman is coming out and I haven't heard a single word on this movie until about two weeks ago. It seems like they're trying to do the viral marketing campaign thing of like, uh, of like a, um, uh, what's that m- movie when they get locked in the, uh, the, the murder people for one day thing the purge oh, the, the purge. purge they're doing kind of the purge <laughs> they're, they're doing the people for one murder day people they're doing day. the purge like effect of like viral marketing <laughs> and they're trying to make it make it take <laughs> what? You're just broke is that Tanner. not is that not what <laughs> that movie is yeah sure. it is <laughs> yeah it's it murder is. people for one day uh, <laughs> but uh yeah, that looks it looks interesting. It looks like it's apparently aliens take over planet Earth and they're trying to fight them off. I don't know some generic stuff and it. Uh, I, John Goodman's a great actor, but the dude can't save this. It's one in uh, the Cloverfield universe. No, it's not. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised though. That's I've kind of the Cloverfield seen style. Seen a lot of banner ads for this movie, mm-hmm. um, but say zero interest in it. It's like, hey, let's save all of our marketing budget till a week before the film comes out, and we're going to blast the shit out of people with this, and hopefully that gets them to go to the movies, but it's like, uh, you look like a generic, you know, yeah. fight against the alien movie. It just doesn't hmm. look any good to me, but... Yeah, I don't know. Have you seen anything on it? Uh, wasn't there... Didn't they... Wasn't there... I thought I saw a trailer for it when we went to go see Fight. No, maybe there family. was. Actually, there was. And uh, I don't know. It looked like there was a pretty pretty strong cast in it. And, uh, what? Maybe. Is that, I thought so. I thought I remember seeing a lot of I think I pretty saw, famous faces I in that I trailer. I only saw John Goodman. Machine Gun Kelly's in it. Oh, God. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> but John Goodman's awesome. I love John Goodman. So. Yeah, that uh, must have been a different movie. John Goodman's the only one in here who's, oh, who's well, any good. You've got well, Kevin Dunn, the dad from Transformers. You know, when... Oh, well, what the hell was that movie? When your top-billed cast is Machine Gun Kelly, turn and run the opposite direction. That was the worst part of Bird Box. When he showed up, I said, you have got to be kidding me. I'm turning this off. But I didn't. But I was close. Can't stand Machine Gun Kelly. Can't stand him, especially his acting. Ugh, who keeps casting that guy? And then finally, um, The Highwaymen, which is Woody Harrelson and Kevin Costner, not in theaters. It's actually going to be on Netflix this week. Um, I always give these movies a watch. You know, Netflix movies typically are kind of garb. But when you have Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson, and I love Woody Harrelson. It's one of my favorite actors. And it's a part of my Netflix subscription. I'll, I'll watch it. It's a flick. It's a flick. Uh, it's about... 
we already covered this, but it's about the band, the famous bandits, the girl and the guy. Bonnie and Clyde. That is correct. Who are real people? Yep, that is which I found out. We're real people. We're real people, which I found out I uh, when, that, when I looked into it. I thought Bonnie and Clyde were just like uh, like a, a fictional characters. I never read anything in my history class about them, so I you don't learn a important. They typically don't cover class. 1930s gangsters and public <laughs> education. No, I guess no. not. I Unless guess it's not. A, if it no, has to do with. America being awesome. That's that's what we learned here <laughs> yeah. in America. It's damn right. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, that's uh so that's going to be out on Netflix. Definitely give that a watch too. Guys, is there anything on Netflix or out in theaters that you think people should keep an eye on in particular? Amazon, Hulu, Christopher Robin's now on Netflix. Um and there it is. It's not a movie, but it's like a four-part uh, documentary uh-huh. um, on HBO uh, based on uh, the case of Anad Syed. Oh, it's on HBO. I've been meaning uh, to watch really? I, the first. Oh. The first episode came out um, Sunday, and um, it's. I watched it, and it seems like it's going to get freaking crazy. Um, I, I never did, listened. That the, cereal. That's cereal, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was an episode of Serial. It was a ser- um, It was a season one of Serial. Was based around it because Serial cere- cere- apparently is one season for one ta- story. Oh, I think there's well, a yeah. second season for it, but it's not. It's not. It's a him. ten hour. No, it it's a ten oh, hour audio documentary serial about yeah. Anad Syed, and uh, it seems like uh, it's got a very. Um, like making a murderer type feel to it. So if you're into like true crime and stuff like that, um, definitely check that out. It uh, it good. seems like it's going to get pretty crazy. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna. I, I feel like I should watch Serial, listen to that first, but I'll, maybe I'll just give it a shot, take a look at it. They'll probably cover equal amounts in both. What meme are you looking at now? I'm still laughing at the same one. It's <laughs> the Rip Winnie. All right. Well, no, that's good. There's do more it. to it. Uh, we didn't talk about <laughs> us. Ooh, oh, you know what? We that didn't. is getting fantastic reviews. Uh, we, it's to be expected. I w- I would think uh, yeah. Jordan Peele. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he killed it. Be. He killed it with Get Out. And mm-hmm. us seems. I got a little. I was a little worried because I got a just a strangers type mm-hmm. vibe to it. Whereas, like, this movie looks like it's already been done, but it seems like there's going to be some crazy ass, crazy ass stuff going on. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that movie. I I'd think, love to go see that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I'm really excited about this because, like, I think we're seeing like a people are thinking like Jordan Peele has found his calling in this genre, and like one person on Twitter said we have like a modern day Hitchcock coming along right now. I think we're in the golden mm-hmm. age of horror. Yeah, I mean, we probably yeah. are. There's actual people are cool when when filmmakers actually genuinely try to make a good movie before they think of scares. Yeah, is what's is what drives these movies to be good. People like actual filmmakers are taking cracks at it instead of just like making your typical boogeyman jump scare mm-hmm. sex fest that is generic horror movies. Okay, uh, us currently has a hundred percent. Oh yeah, score on Rotten Tomatoes. The reactions for it are incredible. Forty-seven reviews, average rating of eight point three four. Yeah, it's uh, the the tweets have been insane. They've been very very good. Uh, when's that out, Tim? Uh, the twenty second, I believe. Yeah, I think it's really cool to see like a director, especially like guys like oh, Jordan I'm Peele. Going out of town that weekend. Oh, well, just watch it out of town. Fuck. Yeah, you're right in a local theater. There's. 
I think there's something really cool about actually witnessing a director become great. Like mm-hmm. I felt like I, I feel like I haven't seen that yet. I've seen Christopher Nolan, but Christopher Nolan was great before I really started paying attention to movies. Um, you know, Steven Spielberg and and James Cameron, all these guys like are just all time great directors. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I've witnessed one rise to well, be in and be in his prime movie making I think time. It, I think it definitely helps that we grew up watching Key and Peel. You know, he's a comedian that was well known and all of a sudden Did we? Did you not watch Key and Peel? How old were we when that started? Key and Peel? Yeah. I mean high I watched school. it in college. It was high school. It started like sophomore year of high school. Which another thing, I think that's uh I, I guess I should take back the Christopher Nolan thing. I guess I did watch is like Meteoric Rise. The only movie I don't remember seeing of his in theaters is Batman Begins. And then there was that one well, movie with. I mean, there's Memento. There's Memento. There's that stuff. But was he Insomnia. really considered like? He didn't see the. Prestige. I guess he was. Oh yeah, Prestige. Never mind. Yeah, so I didn't really get to see his Meteoric Rise. But of course, he's become these yeah. Spielberg. Denis Villeneuve. He's, see, on he's the, one. He's, he's going up again, there. Again, it's it's one of those where you don't know him very well beforehand, so you. You see him well, as he comes I, into I, his I think own. Tanner, that counts, though. Right. Like, I don't necessarily yeah. mean it's someone I have to know. I'm just meaning like someone who's making great film after great film and becoming this all-time classic director that's going to be up there with the ranks of Spielberg and, and Nolan and Cameron and Hitchcock and so on and so forth. So, yeah, great. Thank you for bringing up us. I forgot to cover that. So yeah. uh, uh, definitely keep an eye out for that. That will be in theaters, I think. When, again, when did you say? The 22nd. 22nd. So that's coming soon. Of okay. March. I got one more thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if – have you guys – Talked any about any of the Hellboy trailers or yeah. anything? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, Tanner okay. hates yeah. them, but I Tanner can go on and on about them. What do you think oh, okay. about the Hellboy stuff? Um, I thought it looked pretty interesting. I thought um, it looks it looks fun to me. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of big badass demon things, yeah. and it seems like some cool action. I yeah. mean, it seems and, doable to me. Now, mm-hmm. I have no special connection to Hellboy, so if it looks entertaining, then I'm excited for it. Tanner, like, loves Hellboy yeah. with all of his heart. Yeah. yeah. That's his favorite, like, comic book hero ever. So Yeah. Got all of them. Yeah. And so he, he is very much disapproving of all these trailers so far, but uh, I think he needs to give it a chance. Yeah. Sometimes you just don't. Guys, <laughs> Mila Jovovich is in this movie. You know what she's been doing? Past decade, prepping for this role. The Resident Evil films. Um, hello. <laughs> she was getting a bunch of money for doing. <laughs> yeah, Why would you ever? You know quit how good doing those it? movies are. It's unbelievable. They're not. It's unbelievable. They make so much not money overseas. Her, they, like they make so much money in Korea or something because like there have been six Resident Evil movies. I couldn't tell I think you. There's been seven. I couldn't tell you the plot of a single one of them. Not one. Not a single one of them could I tell you what the plot of it is, nor could I even name her character in Resident Evil. And she's been making Resident Evil Alice. Is it Alice? Well, uh, yeah. It's a prequel to Alice in Wonderland. All right, boys. Uh, That's going to do it for our Out This Week segment. And uh, that's pretty much going to wrap out the podcast, actually. I just have one thing uh, that we want to do, and that's the big announcement of the podcast. And that is our next event podcast. At the end of the month, we're going to be doing... A special Cinemaxtic episode, and you're going to be hearing little a little ad roll beforehand, kind of discussing it. And Tanner, you were going to say something? Nope. Uh, and what it was, it what we're doing is we're going to be calling it a director deep dive. And what we wanted to do is we want to just sit around this table and dedicate one specific episode to a director we love. So, 
who will be our first director, where we take a look at their entire filmography, watch as many of the films as we can, and then break them down and discuss his his journey as a director and filmmaker. Um, and I think the announcement is going to be... Tommy Wiseau. Jordan Peele. Well, no oh, and I like no. Tommy Wiseau. It is Christopher Nolan, folks. We're going to be doing a Christopher Nolan director deep vibe. Dive. Yes! That means we'll be covering everything from Memento to Interstellar to Batman Begins to... Uh, uh, all of them. All of them. Literally every, every one, one of them, because he doesn't have too big of a catalog. He's got like 10 movies. Yeah, we'll be so watching far. them, and we'll be discussing it in a nice little round table package. And I think what we want this to do, what we want to do with this episode is, I don't know, inform you about stuff that he's done and discuss films that you might be interested in seeing, but also hopefully what this podcast is, has always meant to do is maybe... Uh, bolster your movie knowledge and encourage you to be active and going to see movies and be more interested in them and that's kind of what the whole goal of this thing is to inform and to hopefully make you appreciate films even more so that is what we're going to be doing towards the end of the month director deep dive a cinematic special episode prepare yourselves it's going to be fun we'll be doing little ad rolls to remind you uh, for that episode that's going to do it for today's episode, guys. Uh, I think we got a lot of great discussion, talked a lot about, got a couple good movie reviews in there, talked about everything in the news, and there was a lot since the last time we met. Guys, be sure to like and subscribe and share this podcast with anyone who likes movies, your coworkers, your family, your friends. We would love uh, to have them as a listener. Also, be sure to uh, follow us on Instagram at CinemaxicPod and on Twitter at Cinemaxic. You can shoot us an email at CinemaxicPod at gmail.com. Send any topics, suggestions, or questions. We'd love to have those on the show and discuss them. We will break down every single one of them, and it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and also, uh, one last thing. Plug for our last week's episode. We did a cool little award show called The Cinemaxies where we uh, did the most ridiculous movie award show that's ever happened. I think it's just... it's it's, it's I got good feedback on the uh, Best Bear Award. <laughs> did you? Yeah. That was... Uh... <laughs> That, what was the what was the feedback on that? Uh, said it was a good bit, <laughs> fantastic, because it was. And if you need to, you need to go check out that episode, even if it's just for the best bear and a leading role bit. That's something you need to check it's out. The best award, guys. Thank you so much for helping us grow as a podcast. We enjoy being here for you every week for all your movie news. As always, I'm your host Max Fozzy at Max Leadum, Max Leadum at Max Fozzy. Rather, you can find me at Instagram, Twitter, and. Uh, letterbox at all those handles for my brother chuck charles Leadham, there he is how's he uh charlie uh, say goodbye to the folks goodbye there it is tanner as always the uh, diagonal from me thanks again for joining us he is uh tanner uh, what the danger rush at letterbox and instagram tanner bye 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 <laughs> bye and as always tim on my right at tim trist on letterbox and instagram thank you guys so much for being uh, great listeners and we will see you next week on cinemaxic take it easy bye.